Hello guys, this is Aaron Moore from AC Ministries. Here we are with our weekly podcast, and I am so glad that you guys have tuned in today. Now, before we get started with the message, I would like to throw something out there. Um, If you could, um, I don't know how many of you are on our Facebook page. It's AC Ministries WV on Facebook. If you could please go there and go to the community tab of that page and scroll down, you'll see how many likes and follows that the page has. Well, right underneath that, you should see a button that says Invite Friends. If you could go there, and then also, once you go there, there should be a a little tab pop-up that says Select All or Invite All. If you could click that and invite all of your friends to like our page, we would so greatly appreciate it. That helps us get our name out there, and that helps us to be able to spread the word to the kingdom. So, before we get into the message, we just ask that God would bless you through everything this week. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you just bless our followers, God. God, we ask that you help them, Lord, through whatever they're going through, God. We ask that you just uh, that you just lay your hand of grace and mercy upon them, God. God, if they're traveling, Lord, give them traveling mercy, Lord. Lord, if they're lost, your Father God, and they're listening to this for the first time, Lord, I ask that you convict their hearts, God. God, that you would just bring them into the kingdom of God, Lord, through your sweet Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Now on to the message. And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of goats and dipped the coat in the blood and they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it. And said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you again this evening, God, thankful, Lord, for another opportunity. Lord, oh God, we just ask it you. You just be with us this evening, Lord. Help us, Lord. Just give us the strength to be able to preach this message, God. We ask that you anoint us, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you be with each heart this evening, God. We ask that you deal with hearts this evening, Lord. Just go and prepare the way for us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we ask, and amen. I've been doing a little bit of studying about Joseph. The past two or three messages that I've had the opportunity to preach have been about Joseph. and I just can't seem to get away from him for some reason. But I, I was doing a lot of studying here about his life, about the the things that he experienced and the things that he went through before he became ruler in Egypt. And there's two things that I want to cover this evening. If uh, if you're big on putting titles on things, if I was to put a title on this, it would be Lies of Entrapment. There's two lies that we see Satan tell Joseph, or or use here in Joseph's story, and the first one is right here, and it's one that I would like to call the lie of death. 
What I mean by that is they, uh, they took a piece of this uh, coat of many colors that Joseph had and they dipped it in blood and they took it back to their father and convinced him that Joseph had died. Convinced him that Joseph was killed somewhere or something had eaten him, something that tore him all to pieces. They convinced Jacob of this. But all in, in all reality, he had been sold by the very ones that deceived Jacob. Now, as I was thinking about this and studying about this, I thought, God, how does that relate to us today? And I thought, well, I remember the night that I was converted, the very first thing that Satan told me was that I didn't get converted. Mm -hmm. The very first thing he explained to me was all I had done was went up here, made a fool of myself, went back there and sat down, I didn't receive anything. See, that's how Satan wants to do you, though. He wants yeah. to grab a hold of you and try to pull you right back out in the world before yeah. you even get up on your feet to yeah. be able to stand. Yeah. Now, he don't just do this with new converts. Right. He'll do this with older converts, too, yeah. and once it's been yeah. saved for a while. But he'll cut in their mind and he'll say, you know, God ain't really moved in your life a whole lot. Maybe you're not really saved after all. Maybe, you're, maybe you, you, you've done something to where you've, you have separated yourself from God. Uh, may I remind you that Satan is the father of lies. That's all he can do is lie. That's all he's ever going to do is lie. So whenever he throws that at you, it's going to be a lie. So what you do is you flip that and you say, oh, well, then God really must love me. If Satan is telling me that I have done something that I am so far away from God that, that I'm not even saved anymore, then maybe, just maybe, God actually does love me since Satan is the father of lies. Yeah. Now, I, I've thought a lot about these different lies that, that you know, are, are told. Um, Satan has a toolbox full of different tools that he'll use. Yeah. He's got all kinds of them. And see, the thing is, he's been using them for so long that he knows just exactly which one to use for your particular situation yeah. that you're in. Mm -hmm. And he's gotten so good at us that we are blinded to the fact that Satan is deceiving us. Yeah. Right. Do you not know that Satan walks right into this church? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Satan can pack a Bible underneath his arm and wear a three-piece suit and sit down here in glory, hallelujah, all he wants to, and try to get you fooled. But see, this is where we need to act. Because any time something like this happens, we've got to put forth an action to get Satan to stop. See, if you read it one over, and I believe it's in, uh, in one of the Johns, uh, it says to resist the devil, Submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. See, there, there's two actions there before the devil will flee. You have to submit to God, and you have to resist the devil. And you can't just submit to God and then play fussy with the devil. You can't not submit to God and do that by quoting scripture to him. I can give you proof of that. What did Jesus do whenever he was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days? Every time Satan came and reared his ugly head, Jesus threw scripture at him, and he couldn't stand there and take it. He had to go on somewhere and go back to whatever rock he crawled off underneath of and go back to it. See, that's what we need to do here. We can't just let him hop on our back and ride us around like a pony all the time. We've got to get rid of the saddle sometimes. 
I heard a man say here one time, his buddy looked at him and said, you know, Satan has been on my back constantly, and I don't know what to do. And his buddy looked at him and said, quit getting the saddle. <laughs> don't give him a way to get in. Shut him down before he gets there. Now, there's a lot of things that you could use for this particular lie to prove that Satan is wrong. There's a lot of different scriptures in there that in this blessed book that you can use. Now, let me uh, just give you a couple of them real quick. If you go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, I mean, my Lord, it, it's simple, but we're the ones that make it hard. And it says it, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It ain't no complicated thing. We're the ones that make it complicated. We let Satan get in and, and just run around in our mind just like it's a playground and, and get let him get us convinced that we're not saved. But this right here tells me that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead, I can be saved. All right then. Then the next one, and this is the one I like, it's Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. If, if you have not done anything to separate yourself from God, if you have not transgressed or sinned, then God ain't going to leave you. He ain't going to walk away from you. He's going to stay right there. Now trust me, there's sometimes, there is sometimes it feels like he's a million miles away. But you know, sometimes he's got to let us walk on our own. Sometimes he's got to let take the training wheels off, so to say, and let us go on our own. Walk by faith, just as Abraham did. Now I want to go on to the next lie here. And this is on over. In Genesis 39, and it's talking about whenever Joseph was in Potiphar's house. Starting with verse 13, And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. This is the lie of false accusations. And Satan loves false accusations. Satan loves loves to do that. But see, that's his job. If you read over in Revelation chapter 12, it's, it, it, they actually refer to Satan as the accuser of the brethren because that's what he does. He brings up accusations to God all the time of us. He says, hey, did, did you see what he did? Now, it may not be right now. It may have been 20 years ago. And he'll bring it back up and say, did, well, now, 44 years ago, 100 miles from here, Joe over here did this. It don't matter if Joe has been covered by the blood. It don't mean a thing. You see, Satan still wants to bring that up. Now, he not only brings it up to God, but he'll bring it up to us. He'll bring it up to us in our mind to where we get to dwelling on the things of the past and we'll think, man, man, I was, that was bad. Back in the day, man, I, I was bad. And I did this and I did that. Well, who cares? If it's been covered under the blood, who cares? It's been cast as far as the east is from the west. Right. See? That's another situation where we have to bring up Scripture to fight the devil. 
We have to bring it up just as Christ did. Christ, without fail, every time that Satan would ask him to do something or tell him to do something or say this or say that, Christ immediately, without fail, had scripture to quote and throw back into his face. We can do the very same thing. We've got a whole arsenal Amen. of stuff that we can throw right back into Satan's face. Amen. Now see, personally, what I like to do is I like to bring him back to where I was at the night that we separated partnerships. Right. Whenever he went his way and I went my way. I like to bring him back to that. And then once I get him there, Ricky, I like to remind him of where he's ahead of one of these days and where I'm ahead and he ain't going to be there where I'm going. That's what I like to do. Now, y'all can do whatever you want to do, but I'm just telling you, that's what you need to do. You need to remind him of what the scripture says and tell him he ain't got a leg to stand on and there ain't nothing he can do about it because, see, this is what Satan does. We always we want to give Satan much too much credit. We want to say, well, Satan made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do nothing. All he does is stand at the end of the chain and bark about like an old yard dog. That's all he does. And the, and the only thing he can do, Carly, is say, ooh, don't that look good? And hold it out there for you and shake it in front of you and everything else. But he can't make you take it. You're the one that takes it. Yeah. See, that's where it comes down to this whole spiritual warfare thing that Paul spoke about. This is where it becomes a spiritual warfare. Whenever we don't take in every thought captivity unto Christ and cast down every imagination and so forth, once we don't do that, we give Satan a door into our mind. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because we're probably not wearing the helmet of salvation because we haven't armored up all the way. Because we got in a hurry and we didn't say, Lord, you know, I, I, man, I, I just ain't got time to, to read my Bible today. I'm just daggone busy. Or, well, Lord, you know, I, I'll pray here just a little bit and a little bit comes about four hours from now. And you've done forgot about it, and you'll probably pass out in your chair with your mouth big wide open because you got done eating dinner and didn't have time to talk to God. Yeah. Sometimes that's what happens. But you know, God will come down if we ask Him to, even though we don't do that sometimes, even though we don't commune like we ought to. God is still loving and graceful and merciful enough to say, My child, I'm right here. I have come down here to help you with everything that you've got going on. Let me try to help you. But see, this is another thing we've got to do. We've got to take our hands off of it. We can't keep our hands on it and put God's hands on it too and expect it to work out because it won't do it. Right. Anything that man ever put his hands on, it, it messed up. Everything throughout the Bible that man ever put his hands on, it messed up. So, whenever it comes to these lies, remember, you've got Scripture that you can throw back at Satan. You know, it says over in Ephesians chapter 6 when it's talking about the armor of God, it talks about taking the shield of faith wherewith you can quench the fiery darts of the, the devil, right? The wicked one. Well, if Satan's got darts, why shouldn't we? Sure, yeah, this is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what Ephesians 6 says. But if you open this sword up, You've got all kinds of stuff that you can throw right back at the devil and get him off of you. Dale, give us a song.
I've got to meet this standard, meet this standard, meet this standard. Well, you do have to meet a standard, but, but God is graceful and merciful and loving enough to say, well, honey, I know that you didn't just quite make the mark. It's okay. Now, after a while, though, after a while, he'll expect you to start hitting that mark. And if you don't, he'll start busting your rear end. It's just like a kid. Just exactly like a kid. If I'm a little old baby, or if I've got a little old baby, I, I ain't, Shelly, I ain't going to expect him to sit down and eat a Big Mac. It ain't happening. It ain't going to. But I know they might sit down and, and munch on a French fry or, or something little like that. And then once they get a little bit bigger, then they can start taking a little bit bigger steps and maybe step up to a cheeseburger or something like that. It's the same way with us. God expects us to grow. He expects us to, to flourish. He expects us to get bigger and better in this thing that we call Christianity. Uh, and our faith, he, he expects us to get bigger and better. But we've got to grow. We've got to put forth the effort to grow. Amen. Go ahead, Dean. Hey, guys, this is Aaron Moore once again. We hope that you enjoyed today's message and that maybe something that was said helped you a little bit, encouraged you a little bit, made you decide you're going to press on just a little bit more. And maybe if you're listening today and you're lost and don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, maybe something that was said touched your heart and you'll make the choice to make Jesus your Lord and Master today. You know, it's not really that hard. We're the ones that make it hard. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's that simple. Thank you.